We've got to learn to allow the gifting that is best for the moment to take over. The gifting that is best for the situation. Amen, amen. First giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Reverend Taisha Cutbertson, to the officers and family and friends of this great fellowship of believers, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Scripture that was shared earlier from 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 27 through 31. That will serve as our text this morning, but I want to look at verse 31 as a foundational verse. And in verse 31 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it reads, So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of gift temptation. Gift temptation. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, again for another opportunity to stand before your people. Now I pray, Father, that you would use me for your will and for your glory. Anoint me afresh, O God. Fill me afresh with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Overshadow me now, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Heavenly Dove. And I pray, Father, that you would use me for your will and for your glory. I pray, God, that you'd open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Gift temptation. There are so many things in life sometimes that we are tempted to do. Uh, many of us know by now that it's the devil who is tempting you if you're tempted at all. God doesn't tempt us. He may test us, but he doesn't tempt us. And usually when you're tempted, you're tempted to do something good in an evil way or do it in an illegitimate way. But when we think about being tempted when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of the things too that we have to understand is not only gift temptation, but you got to know your role. I think it might have been The Rock who used to say that, know your role. And what happens, what he was saying was, you got to know where you fit in. And when we understand our gifting, when we understand the, the gifts that God has blessed us with, we know where we fit in. We know what gifts we have. And as we've been discussing and, and sharing on gifts on Sunday morning and as well as on Bible study on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or the gifts that God gives each and every believer. And, and as I continue to study and learn more and more about gifts, I'm come to a firm believer that most of us have multiple gifts amen we don't just have one single gift but most of us have multiple gifts that God has blessed us with 
we may have a primary gift and we may have what we call secondary gifts, but we've nonetheless got to know the role that we play within the body of Christ, the role that we play within the gifting that God has given each of us. It's much like a sports team. Everyone on the team has to know their role. Everyone on the team has to know what position they play. And everyone has to play the position that they're in to the best of their ability. You know, I, I, I couldn't help but remember when I used to play basketball in the, uh, what we used to call juniors level when we were in the age group of 13 to 15. And, and I remember one of my teammates who was six foot nine and he always wanted to bring the ball up the court. There were guards and there were centers and there were forwards. He was a center and it was his responsibility to play the post. It was his responsibility to play and stay on the inside. But for some reason, all of the big men, and we've learned even now, the big men want to play outside. They want to shoot from the outside. They want to bring the ball up the court. Everybody wants to be a point guard now. Everybody wants to play from the outside now. Nobody wants to go down low and get on the block like they're supposed to when they're a big man. What that tells me is everybody wants to function outside of their role. Everyone is tempted to take their role to the wrong place. Everyone is tempted sometimes to step outside of the role that they are supposed to play and play another role. But we have to sometimes put that temptation down and not allow ourselves to be tempted to step outside of the role that God has given us. I hope that we understand by now what the scripture text has, has told us that they said that God has given each of us the gift that he wanted us to have. What that says to me is that God has a specific role for me to play, a specific role for you to play in the body of Christ. And he's put that gift in you so that you could play that role in the body of Christ. So why is it that sometimes we are constantly seeking to play a different role? We're constantly seeking to play a role that God did not gift us for. And there are some who have to be very careful because they're stepping outside of the gifting that God has given them and trying to play another role. It's important that we know our role in the body of Christ so that we are not tempted to operate outside of our gifting in an ineffective manner. When we know what role we have in the body of Christ and when we stay in that role and we continue to serve and function in that role, then we'll be serving in the body of Christ the way God has gifted us and designated us to serve. The first thing that we have to understand in order to avoid gift temptation is sometimes we'll be tempted to reprioritize our gifts. We'll be tempted to reprioritize our gifts. Notice what it says in the 27th verse. There in that 27th verse it says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Verse 28 says, Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who are miracle, do miracles. Then those who have gifts of healing. 
those who can help others, and those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. What that tells me is that sometimes there's a tendency to try to reprioritize the gifting. And if you notice what Paul does here in this particular section of scripture, he puts first, second, and third on a as a tag on the gift. He said first apostles, second prophets, and third are teachers. He's showing us that there is a priority on the gifting in this particular section. And notice what he talks about. He said apostles. These are the ones who are sent out to establish and organize new ministries or ministry opportunities. These are the type of people who will go out and be able to organize and start new churches. Those people who are able to go out and organize and start a new fellowship, they're able to put things in place and began to develop a congregation, a develop a people, a group of followers in the Lord. Then he says, secondly, prophets, those who speak on God's behalf, who foretell the future sometimes. And so these are those people who are able to speak on behalf of God. They're called prophets. Then you have the teachers, those who instruct people in the truth of God's word. And then he goes into miracles, those who choose to bring about the miraculous work of God. And then healing, those who uh, God has given the ability to restore others, mind, body, and soul, perhaps, when they are dealing with certain ailments or going through some type of physical situation. And then there are the gift of helps, those who gladly work behind the scenes and supporting the role of God's work. Then leadership, those who have the ability and to set the goals and to motivate others to accomplish the goals that have been set. And then lastly, he lists tongues, the ability to speak in an unlearned language to communicate God's message to others. But I hope that we clearly see that he put a priority on the gifts. And if you notice, he put tongues last in this priority. The reason that he does this is because there was an issue again in the Corinthian church surrounding the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. For some reason, they wanted this gift. For some reason, they had to have the gift of tongues. For some reason, they wanted to be known as those who could exercise the gifts of tongues within the body of Christ. And I believe it's also the challenge for us today that many will try to operate or many to say that they have the gift of tongues so that it can be evidence in them or so that it can show as evidence in them that they have the power of God. And that's the same issue that they were facing during Paul's time of ministry, that there were some who were more concerned with gifts of tongues and, and speaking in tongues rather than the other gifts. But as Paul writes to address some of the issues that were happening, I believe the reason that he put a priority on the gifting as it showed up in this 12th chapter here, it says he first are apostles. You need somebody to be able to put the foundation and set things in place. And the apostle is the one who sets things in place. The apostle is the one who creates and sets the foundation. And as the apostle sets the foundation and puts things in place and puts structure to it, and then you come along in the prophets, those who speak on behalf of God, those who foretell or foretell the word of God and be able to tell the word that God is sending to that body of believers. 
It's important that you have those things in place. It's important that those positions are in place when you're talking about the body of Christ, when you're talking about the church. And then he puts thirdly, the teachers, those who can instruct the people in the truth of God's word. If you notice, all of those gifts have some shape, form, or fashion of building up the body of Christ, of edifying the body of Christ, of leading the body of Christ in the truth of God's word. And as he's put that order on there, and he said, then there are the other gifts. As he goes on to talk about the gift of miracles and the gift of healing and the gifts of helps and the gift of leadership and then the gift of tongues. We sometimes want to reprioritize the list and we would put the other gifts ahead of apostle and prophet and teachers. We would probably put miracles and healing above the list of evangelists or apostle and prophet and teachers. We would probably put the gift of healing above apostle, prophet and teacher. Because in our minds, we would say those gifts are probably more important. But it's more important that God knows is more important than understand that the people of God are established in the word of God. I think that is one of the issues in the body of Christ. We don't know, have enough believers who are established in the word of God. We have people that are coming to church. We have people that are, are doing things in the body of Christ. But have you been established in the word of God? Do you know the truth of God's word when you hear it? Do you know error when you hear it? Are you established in the word of God? And it's important that we have people that are established in the word of God so they're able to discern truth from error. And again, as I shared in Sunday school this morning, there are some times when we have imposters of light that are out there. And that's even like when Moses was coming back to, to deliver the children of Israel, there were some times when the musicians came along and they, could able, they were able to duplicate some of the things that Moses was able to do. But then God had to show them, you can't do what I do. And when you understand that there are times when we have to understand and know that we have to be established in the body of Christ, established in the word of God. We've got to know that we know who God is. We've got to know who God is. We've got to know what God does. And the way that that happens is when he gives us those who are gifted and those who are skilled because of the gift set that they have in sharing with us the word of God, in sharing with us the understanding of the principles of God so that we are who God called us to be and that we're operating in the gifting of God. And as we operate in the gifting of God, we'll bless the kingdom of God. We'll bless the body of Christ. But as I looked at this list and I began to notice that there was another list within the chap chapter 12 and earlier part of chapter 12, we get this first gift listing and it included what I call all three categories of the gifts. It included the manifestation gifts or the miraculous gifts. It included the, the ministry gifts or what we call enabling gifts. And it also included the motivational gifts or what we call team gifts. But in the second listing, in 1 Corinthians 12, in the second listing, it only includes the manifestation gifts and the ministry gifts. It does not include what we call the motivational gifts. It only included the manifestation gifts and the ministry gifts. 
The reason I believe that happened is because God was dealing with some stuff. He was dealing with the Corinthian church and he wanted to deal with the things that they put a priority on. They were putting priority on the gifts that were flashy and showy. They were putting a priority on the gifts that would demonstrate that they had the power, so to speak, of God moving through them. And yet sometimes we don't consider the gift of, of service as a priority gift. We don't consider the gift of helps as a priority gift, but it is a gift nonetheless. It is empowered by God nonetheless. If we didn't have people who operated in the serving gift or people who operated in the helps gift, then sometimes the church would be missing. Missing out on a great deal of things because we need those who have the gifts of help. We need those who have the gift of service. We need those who are willing and able to do the work behind the scenes because it's what happens behind the scenes sometimes that makes what happen out front do what it do. And so we got to understand that we continue to go through ministry. We've got to not prioritize things in a wrong way. And that's what Paul, again, deals with. And I believe God used Paul to do this because if you notice, again, tongues come in at the last. Tongues is the last gift that he shares in this section. And, and I believe he did so because he wanted them to understand there are other gifts that need to take a priority over tongues. There are other gifts that need to take a priority over the ecstatic language that you may be sharing or speaking. There are other gifts that need to take a priority at times. And, and you're focusing mainly on the fact that you are speaking in tongues. You're focusing mainly on the fact that you're able to do so. And you're trying to show and demonstrate that the power of God is in you simply because you're speaking in tongues. But Paul says something about that a little later in the text that will help, or at least I pray that it will help you to understand that that may not be that important. What is important is, is that the foundation comes first. That the things that you need a foundation in are the first things that are there. That you need a foundation in the word of God. You need a foundation in the principles of God. And that's why we have first apostles, second prophets, and third teachers. So that we can get a foundation in the things of God. But not only are we sometimes tempted to reprioritize the gifts. But sometimes we are also tempted to overlook gifts. Yet sometimes we're tempted to overlook certain gifts in the body of Christ. And as I said, sometimes we can find ourselves counting out certain gifts when it comes to the body of Christ. If you notice what it says in verses 29 through 30, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all have the power to do miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do all have the ability to interpret languages? Of course not. Paul runs down this list and, and he shares, he says, do all people have this gift of apostleship? No. Do all people have the gift of being a prophet? No. He asked this series of rhetorical questions because he wanted the church at Corinth to understand and to know. Not all of you have all the gifts. Amen. Now, I know some people out there think that they are so gifted that they have all the gifts in the body of Christ. I don't think so. Now, you may, but I don't think so. Now, you may have multiple gifts, but I don't think that there's any one person who has 
all the gifting. There are some people who are highly gifted, but I don't think that there's anyone who has all the gifting. But again, notice how he deals with tongues last in that list of gifting. Each time you see that Paul brings tongues into it, but he puts them last in the category. Again, the Corinthian church had gotten so caught up on the tongue, on the gift of tongue, that they wanted to operate and function in the gift of tongue, and they were putting that as a priority over some of the other gifts. They were willing to overlook some of the other gifts so that they could show that they were operating in the gift of tongues. And when we understand that he says not all of them have this gift, not all of us have that gift, and he says not all of us have also the gift of tongues. Hallelujah. Now, I know that a lot of folk would probably not agree with me, but I think this text right here demonstrates and shows to us why we have to be careful about telling people that speaking in tongues is the evidence of your salvation or the evidence that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what did Paul say? Not all are what? Have the ability to speak in tongues and not all have the ability to interpret unknown languages. So we have to be careful about telling people that you are showing that you have the Holy Spirit or you're showing that you're saved by speaking in tongues. Because Paul clearly says here, not everyone has this ability. And if not everyone has this ability, how can we put a standard on some people in the body of Christ and say, if you don't do this, then you're not saved. If you don't do this, you don't have the spirit of God living in you. You don't have the power of God. It is possible to have the power of God in you and not speak in tongues. Because that's what Paul is telling us here in this text. That not all speak in unknown languages. Not all interpret unknown languages. It is a evidence, but it's not the evidence that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. There are some people who may not speak in tongues, but they have the gift of being a prophet. There are some who can't speak in tongue, but they have the ability to be a good, sound teacher in the word of God. There are some people who don't have the gifting of having the ability to speak in tongue, but they can serve their behinds off in the body of Christ. Are they gifted? Yes. Are they less gifted? No, they're gifted the way God has gifted them. God didn't give everybody all of the gifts. He gave a lot of us multiple gifts, but he didn't give everybody all of the gifts. And it's simply because you don't speak in tongues, don't let anybody deceive you or talk you out of being in the body of Christ or thinking you're not in the body of Christ. You are definitely in the body of Christ if you've been saved and sanctified and filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's evidenced by the other gifting that may be an operation in your life. You may be a great teacher of the word of God because that's what God has gifted you to do. But you just got to know your role. And I think the problem is there are too many times where people are trying to emulate or do something to please someone else simply rather than knowing and understanding their role in the body of Christ. I understand my role in the body of Christ is to teach the word. I understand my role in the body of Christ is to be a prophet and speak on behalf of God. I understand my role in the body of Christ is to be a prayer warrior and pray for healing of those that need healing. I understand my role in the body of Christ. I may never speak in tongues, but I've got the gift of healing. I may never speak in tongues, but God has used me to do some miraculous things. I may never speak in tongues, but God has gifted me the, with the gift of faith and I'm able to have faith above measure. I'm able 
to do things that God has gifted me to do, but I can't get tempted to overlook of the gifts simply because I desire maybe one of the gifts. We got to be careful about overlooking certain gifts in the body of Christ. And if we overlook gifts in the body of Christ, we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're doing the body of Christ a disservice by overlooking the gifts. But again, some people consider this tongues and interpretation of tongues to be the way to show that they had the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have that gifting, great. But we again have to be careful about forcing it on other people. You'll have people trying to do something that God did not gift them to do. You have people trying to operate outside of the role that God has given them in the body of Christ. Not all have give, been given the gift of tongues. Not all have been given the gift of interpretation of tongues. But all have been gifted. All have been blessed with a grace gift. A charisma gift. A charismatic is where they get that word. It's a grace gift. All of us have been given a grace gift by God. And he knows exactly what he's doing. That's why Paul said it a few times within this text, this chapter, that these are gifts that have been given by the Holy Spirit. These gifts have been given by God for God's purposes. He knew exactly what he was doing when he gave each of us the gifting that he gave us. So why are we trying to reprioritize and why are we trying to overlook the gifts that are there in the body? And lastly, Paul shares with us that we have to be careful about being tempted to operate ineffectively. We got to be careful about operating ineffectively. There are times when we are operating in our gifting in the body of Christ. And notice what it says in verse 31. So you would earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best for all. That first part of that verse, the, it says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Paul shares there because he's leading the church somewhere. He's leading the church to a place of understanding when he finishes this 12th chapter. He's leading the church to an understanding of what it's going to take to operating in your gifts as he concludes this 12th chapter. But we have to understand that there are times when we may be operating in our gift and it may be ineffective because we are operating in the wrong gift at the wrong time. Amen. Our desire should be to operate in the gift or gifts that, most, that are most helpful in the situation. Paul says that you should earnestly desire the most helpful gift. Gifts are beneficial and gifts are helpful. Again, know your role. If you're gifted in a certain area and your gifting may not be effective in the situation that is before you, it's best that you look for somebody that has the gifting or you 
allow somebody that does have the gift and to step forward and take the lead in that situation rather than simply because you feel like you're there first and I feel like I've got a gift, but it may not be the gift that's needed in that situation. Step aside and let somebody else who's gifted to do that, do that. When we think about what God has done in the body of Christ and how he has gifted the body of Christ and how he's gifted multiple people in the body of Christ and how all of us have a gifting in the body of Christ. He's saying, I've gifted you to serve in the body. I've gifted you in such a way that your gift will be helpful and beneficial in the body. If I've got the gift of speaking in tongues, but what's needed in the situation is the gift of healing. I shouldn't be trying to take the lead in this ministry opportunity. I shouldn't be trying to be the one that's out front in this moment. And in fact, my gift may not even be needed in this moment. I need to have somebody that has the gift of healing, somebody who has the gift of miracles to step forward and take the lead in this situation, to take the lead in this moment, because the gift is going to be more effective than the gift of speaking in tongues in that moment. We've got to understand that there are sometimes when our gift may not be as effective as we think it might be. We've got to let the gift that is going to be best in that moment be on display. Whatever the gifting that is needed for that moment. There are times when you may need the gift of giving because you've got somebody who's down and out. You've got somebody who's struggling and they need somebody to come along and speak in tongues. They need somebody with the gift of giving. Somebody with compassion. They need somebody with the gift of mercy. They need somebody to come along and to be able to pour into them with the gift set that God has given them. They don't need another person coming along speaking in tongues. They need somebody that's going to pour out the power of God that God has placed in them, either through the gift of giving or either through the gift of mercy. Amen. We've got to learn to allow the gifting that is best for the moment to take over the gifting that is best for the situation to take the lead and not push our gift forward simply because we want to be out front. We may be doing something that's ineffective. And if we're doing something that's ineffective, then we shouldn't be ministering in that moment. Let somebody else take the lead, somebody else who's gifted for that moment, gifted for that situation. Let them have the lead. And as they take over, their gifting takes over. Their gifting begins to minister to the situation. Their gifting begins to be effective because they're what's needed in the moment. But Paul goes on again to say that there is a better way or the best way of life, which will conclude on this chapter. He says, but let me show you a way of life that is best for all. Paul here is shifting gears and he's going into another lane and as he shifts into another lane he's going to lead the church now at Corinth to understand you got to do some things that you're doing but you got to do it in love you can't continue to operate in the gifts the way that you're operating in them you got to have some love if you're going to keep operating the way that God wants you to you got to have love in order to operate how God is leading you in the body of Christ you got to have love in order to carry out the assignments that God is giving you and when we understand this and we make sure that we're doing it according to the will of God according to the power of God and according to the plan of God 
we're operating so that our gift is effective. We want to make sure that we're effective in our gift operation. We want to make sure that we're doing the best according to the gift that God has placed in us. We don't want to be operating ineffectively in the body of Christ. But we want to make sure that the gift that God has blessed us with, first of all, we're willing to use it. Second of all, we're taking the time to allow God to show us how he communicates with us and show us how he uses that gifting in us. And then we're going to take advantage of the opportunities that God presents to us to use the gift that he's given us. Every one of us is gifted. Every one of us has been blessed with a grace gift that we might serve the body of Christ. But we all got to know our role. We all got to know how we've been gifted. We all got to know why God has blessed us with those gifts. And we've got to be willing to share the gift. We got to be willing to walk in the gift. We got to be willing to let the gift flourish in us we got to be willing to let the gift be used at the right time and at the right moment Amen. not push our gift out there because we want to be out front but let God lead the way let God present the opportunity and the time where your gifting will take over where your gifting will show that it's right for the moment and you'll begin to operate in your gift and it'll be effective to the body of Christ you'll build up the body of Christ you'll encourage the body of Christ and you'll glorify God Almighty because you're operating in the gift in the right way Amen. 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 there's times when you'll be tempted in the gifting but be sure and be well aware that you got to make sure that you're putting your gift to work in the right time that you're gifting it's been given to you because God knows what's best. And as a result of God knowing what's best and giving you the gift that he wanted you to have, you'll be a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.